This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another Double Tap for the weekend. Marco Flalo is here somewhere. We're looking forward to hearing from him. And we're going to be talking about Amazon's big announcements of the week and also some big news for iPad owners. So yeah, that's all to come on the weekend edition of Double Tap. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Hey, Mark Aflalo, how are you today? I'm excited at Amazon <laughs> announcements. The month continues. I know, I love this month. I just adore the month of September. Hang on, we're still in September, right? I'm just checking this. Uh, no, October 1st. Of course, it's just changed into... Honestly, the days <sighs> just fly. It'll be Christmas before we know it. Typical. Anyway. Uh, holiday gift card coming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've kind of started that, haven't we, with the whole Amazon event. That's kind of got us going. Uh, we were talking about it uh, on a Thursday show, of course. We had Sean and we had uh, Robin Christofferson joining us on that show. If you, you haven't had a chance, go back and have a listen to our thoughts. Uh, I'm really intrigued to get yours, though, because there was a lot of products announced. But I want to really pin you on what you think. I mean, Echo Dot got an update. Uh, you know, the Echo Dot with a clock got an update. We saw new TVs as well. Uh, there were lots of new Ring products. But what one what one excited you? You know what excited me the most? Is that the Echo Show 15, which I have in a box next to my bed because I haven't put up yet, <laughs> is being basically turned into a full fire TV. So this 15 inch, you know, beautiful kind of Echo thing that I thought was just going to be to watch YouTube videos on. It's basically <laughs> going to be a television. Yeah. And I paid like 200 something dollars for it. And it's great. Now I actually have to do something with it. That is probably one of the most exciting parts. Also, the fact that Astro is still around, that little robot that rolls around your house, um, he, he's still around and he's getting some new features. So I think I'm excited about that the most. Do you? Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one. I kind of like the whole Fire TV thing, this new, you know, they've decided now to brand their own TVs as opposed to work with other third parties like JVC, Toshiba. I think there were others as well. But um yeah, they're going on their own with this one. Apparently, the panels for the new Fire TVs will be from TCL. So that's quite interesting. So we'll Not see surprising. what that works out. Yeah, Not well, you, I was going to say this. I, I was, I, we were saying this on Thursday. I thought you'd be excited by that because you, you love TCL. You love it. I'm a big fan of their TVs. Listen, they yeah. have the great, great pricing, great, great uh, TVs. I love their Roku TVs, so I can't imagine that the Fire TVs are going to be any less exciting. You know what also excited me, and you probably won't get, although I think there is use case for this outside of the car, and that is the new version of Echo Auto. This is basically, it's a device that lets you, I guess, I have to figure out how it works exactly, but you can mm. actually pair it with your vehicle to give it smart features if it doesn't have it already. Yeah, there was so right. I don't get this. So, it, it, is it connecting? Is it kind of like remember the old days when you used to get like you remember you had tape decks in cars and you would get a cassette tape that had yes, a wire that. coming out of it and you would plug in like an MP3 player or an iPod or something. Remember that? Is it that? Is basically that what auto is? It just yeah, adds well, okay. the well, it's, it's kind of like car. that. And I'm gonna 
I'm going to have to kind of read in real time here, so we're going to learn together, okay? okay. <laughs> uh, f- f- five separate microphones to pick up commands over road noise, so it's very sensitive in the car. Mm-hmm. I did use the previous version. It was kind of fun. Uh, it handles things, you know, playing music, uh, follow me function lets you switch audio from your home stereo to a vehicle as you get into mm-hmm. it. Of course, navigation, hands-free calls, all that fun stuff. It comes to the uh, device as well. It's going to be $55. Listen, the, the you know, most cars have some kind of infotainment system. You know, cars with CarPlay, you can you can summon Siri and ask it to do things. But listen, the fact of the matter is, I think we're all in agreement that Amazon's ecosystem and just their the whole everything that goes along with it is just the most mature. Like it's got all the skills and everything you could possibly want. So to have to kind of remember, okay, I'm going for my house. I need to start calling it Siri, not you know Alexa, mm-hmm. and all that stuff is kind of annoying. So to be able to just go into your car and control everything with this one device, that would be pretty cool. But I just don't think we're I don't think we're at the point where it can really take over the car and really control things. It can, you know, definitely leverage, you know, internet connectivity, connectivity and Bluetooth connectivity. But I have to really dive deep into this, put it on my car and see if it makes sense for a vehicle that is already somewhat smart. Yeah, there was one feature that was talked about for this particular device, the Echo Auto, that I thought was quite interesting. And I, I think about you with this, with the, with the driving. And it said, and I don't know if this is something that's coming or something that is just the desire, but... You know, say, for example, you're going to somewhere and you want to get make sure you've got a parking space. You know, this would be able to reserve a parking space for you. Or, you know, if you've got an electric car and you want to know that you're coming up to a charger, you can reserve that charger till you, till you get there. You know, that kind of capability. It's not, yeah. you know, pe- people buy these devices, they don't realise that there's quite a brain behind it. Yeah, there is, and there's a search engine and integration, all that stuff behind it. But really, at the end of the day, can you stop someone from pulling into an empty spot? Can you stop someone from going to the charger and saying, hey, I'm about to charge my car. I got here first. Ha, mm-hmm. na, 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 na. Yeah, what um, happens so, is a force field yeah. exists around the place, right? You can still drive in. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Also, you know, the Fire TV Cube. This is a really cool device that has 360 degree audio. It's got a two gigahertz processor, HDMI input, so you can plug your cable box into it. So it becomes the skin. In front. you know what? When Apple TV first was coming out, or we started talking about it, my vision of Apple TV was you'd be able to plug in external devices to it, Mm. and it would become the skin and the interface to everything else. So even if you're watching your cable box, even if you're watching a DVD player, Apple was always on the front end. If you thought of it as almost layers in in graphic design, it was the topmost layer. So anything it wanted to do, it could do. Your doorbell ring, it could pop up on top of of your DVD, all that stuff. And that never really happened. But this seems to be kind of similar to what they, you know, or at least I envisioned. You'd be able to plug in an external, you know, cable box and be able to have that Amazon experience on top of it and let it control it. That's cool. Yeah, that that is cool, and you know, with the thing, I assuming it's this new Fire Cube that can do this. It's now got the HDMI in as well as the HDMI out, so it's got that pass through capability. Um, and, and just to, to clarify, you said three hundred and sixty audio, but you're referring to the IR capabilities, three hundred and sixty degree, I think, IR. Yes, yes, you're right. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking about the Echo, the Echo Studio speaker, yeah. which has, um, which is basically the way they showcased it was a, a speaker that could rival your home theater system, yeah. which. Listen, for $199, I'll, I'll let's wait for the proof in the pudding here, okay? I've tried it. <laughs> I have to be honest. So here, here's the deal, right? I bought two Echo Studios when they came out. And at the time, it was roughly around the same time the HomePods came out. And I remember thinking, okay, well, price difference isn't huge. So let's see. Tried them out. 
I sent the Echo Studios to Sean and kept my HomePods for myself. Um, I wasn't impressed by the sound of these Echo Studios, to be honest. And I thought that whole 360 thing just made it sound, it made it sound like everything. You know those settings you used to get in audio editors that would like the big cathedral sound, ethereal yeah. sound, whatever they call it? Uh, you know, that's kind of what it did. It just created this big hollow space that you sat in. Um, I have to say, I think Apple get the spatial audio thing just right. So, oh, yeah, they've, yeah, they're they're definitely on top of the heap when it comes to that uh, audio control, to be perfect. I think it's by a, the way, a lot of that is Beats DNA. Four days and counting, and I still haven't opened the AirPods Pro 2. I just have time. I, I have still not opened these AirPods Pro 2. Have you got these? Um, I bought them. I put the little, little tiny, tiny, tiny ear pads on them. Um, they still fell out of my ears, so I said, okay, oh, screw this. Really? Gave them, gave them to my wife and said, here, happy birthday. Oh, well, that's that's nice, I think. Yeah. You know what the biggest and the most important thing I think from the Amazon event this week is right now for a limited time only, you can get major discounts on existing and older Amazon products that are just a year old. <laughs> you know, we talked a little bit about this on the show and I was explaining for those who were listening on Thursday, um, you might have heard me talk about the Eero system and the Eero yes. mesh, which is brilliant. Yes. But I want to go a little bit further with that with you because I know you are you, you're hugely into your networks and we've talked about your ubiquitous network and all that stuff. But what I want to talk about is is this Pro Eero option, which now I think it might be US only to start with, and it may eventually make its way out to other parts of the world. I hope it does. Um, but I find this quite interesting. So they've got this product called Eero with PoE, which is Power Over Ethernet. Yeah. The idea being here, I guess, that you, if you've got an Ethernet connection, a, a physical cable, you can plug that cable into the device and it will not only provide the network connection, it'll provide power as well, correct? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they've brought that out. They've brought a switch out as well. At least I think it's a switch that goes with it, uh, which is $649. I, <laughs> I know. Um, wow. But, okay, I mean, I guess this is this a replacement for that kind of thing or at least competition to... Companies like it's, com- it's competition. It's definitely competition. Um, at the end of the day, though, the 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 reason I go with the company like Ubiquity is that they've got business DNA in them. Mm. They've got you know major, major, major business infrastructure DNA. Uh, yeah, this is an Amazon packed device. I'm sure it's going to be great, but I, I just I, I I can't speak to them until I really see how they work and what and what's new. Is it is it called the Eero Pro 6? Is that what they're calling it? I think, well, I, I don't, there's so many products out from Eero. And when I was looking them up it, from the store, it looks like there's the Eero Pro 6, which it may well be. Um, but I think, I, I'm not quite sure. This seemed to be called Eero P-O-E. So it seemed to be quite specific with that, that name. Um, but the reason I find it quite interesting is I was, I'm in the process of possibly cabling my home because I mm. quite like the idea of having cabling running, you know, Cat five or what was it? What are we on? Cat six or cat seven now? Probably. Um, you can you can go to cat seven if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we could have that running through the house, and then every TV has got the best connection. We've got gigabit internet here, right? I want to get the most out of that, and for that reason, having it cabled, especially when it's like Netflix shows or whatever, if you want the high quality image and all that full four K, and you want it steady all the time, then you want to have that that hardwired connection, and it does really make the difference. Um, so that yep. would be cool. And now this sounds to me like the best proposition because not only am I able to carry the internet around, I can carry the power for the device, meaning I don't have to plug in another device at the other end. 
Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. And, and you know, the benefit here is that, you know, Eero is designed to be a mesh system. So you plug one in via hardwire to your modem and the rest kind of piggyback off it and create this mesh system around your home and give you nice coverage. If you can hardwire each of them to your router, you're laughing. You are going to have the most comprehensive coverage in your home that you've ever seen in your life because you're basically going to have individual Wi-Fi 6 networks across the entirety of your home. That is just absolutely amazing. Now, I'm curious how their mesh router kind of comes into play here because they did release this like a switch and a router. It's a hub that is is designed to serve power over Ethernet. It has two 10 gigabit Ethernet jacks as well. So Mm -hmm. you can actually, when you go beyond a gigabit, you'll be able to power that as well. This is stuff we've only seen in really pro high-end, you know, devices like the Ubiquiti before. yeah. So... I'm curious to see this in action. I really, I really am. And that's because, let's be honest, it's because home internet connections are improving. We're seeing better and better, higher. I mean, what are you? You're nearly at what three gig or something now? At one point five, there is three available in Ontario, and they've talked about going to five. So right. it's just a matter of time. I honestly don't know what a human being is going to do with that amount of, of speed. Mm-hmm. Like at, at the end of the day, you're you're actually surfing and connected to the Internet almost faster than most websites are. So mm-hmm. you're, you're really not necessarily going to see the benefits of it. But down the road, you will. So you are future proofing yourself at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, that that really appeals to me. And I think it, it definitely is going to come into that. Well, I don't even know if it would, you would say this is a pro thing. I mean, I think a lot of gamers would want this. I can see a lot of people who play a lot, spend a lot of time, you know, playing the latest video game on PS5 or whatever. That's going to appeal. Uh, people who stream all the time, and especially if you're streaming and you're playing games, you probably want to get the best connection you can. So hardwired is always the best option. And it's not always feasible to do that. Um, you know, wherever you are. But some homes now, I know a lot of homes are being cabled as well. Um, newer homes are probably being more cabled. I mean, this one isn't, unfortunately. It was 2007 this house was built. I kind of wish they'd done it then. But, you know, we'll get it done and that's fine. Um, and yeah, I just love that. I love the idea of it just being cabled and rooted up and, and everything's hardwired and it's so much easier and it means my wife will stop complaining to me about the Wi-Fi. I, I will be so happy when she stops She'll complaining never, to me about the Wi-Fi. Steven, I know. If you I think know. she's ever going to stop complaining to you about the Wi-Fi, that is never going to happen. Don't even, okay. don't even, don't dream. The day will never come, <laughs> Stephen Scott. <laughs> Forget it. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the Echo, uh, the whole ecosystem is fascinating to me. I want to ask you because obviously you're in Montreal, right? You're in Canada, you know the score here. Google was uh, yep, first. I am, yeah, I am, yeah, I am. Just to clarify that. Um, but Google was there first, right? And then Amazon came second, which was interesting. Because yeah. In the UK, it was the other way around. And Google Home came first, and I remember that, and yeah. it was it was uh, not well, not not good. <laughs> and and that's the this is the thing that gets me because in the UK, Amazon came first, so we tended to attribute all the success of that to the fact it came first. People ran out, they no. got the devices, and that was it. In Canada, the other way around, but it seems like the same result, that, that actually Amazon have taken over. Or yeah, it's not that, let's say, you know what, they just launched with such, with such a repertoire, and they made it so easy to design apps for the ecosystem, and they had all that purchasing power and that search history and that what we want behind them. Google, they should have, they should have, um, but I think they kind of rushed to the market before the product was really almost there. It was kind of half baked. Mm. So, you know, and I think that same could be said about Apple coming late to the game, but still with an offering that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that 
what Amazon Echo has done is it's really highlighted a, a really bad smart assistant. You know, it really highlights how poor they are because it is so capable. And you would think Google, being the king or yeah, queen yeah, of you'd search, think. would get it right. But um, you know what? You need to also be the king or queen of the interface between the humans and the search, and they still have yet. Yeah, they still have yet to figure that out. Well, I think honestly, it's to do with skills. It's the skill store. You know, the fact that you can see what you can activate, you can get a sense of what this thing can do, as opposed to it's all just there. Figure it out. Well, good luck with that. No one's going to pay any attention to that. I'm certainly not, because I, I can't be bothered. I want to know. I, was, I just want to, be able to see a list of things and say, oh, I could do this, I could do that. And actually, what people don't realise is a lot of what you can do on the Amazon Echo, you can do on the Google device. But you wouldn't necessarily know that, because you think, well, what's the command, or how do I do it, or what do I need to enable? Yeah. That's the problem. Um, no, it was a really good event. I was, I was impressed by it, actually, because it was what I, I think I was most impressed by was the fact that they clearly are focusing now on developing products as opposed to just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping yeah. it sticks. Well, I mean, Astro's still around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? What do you think of that I, You know, robot? I think it's a fun fun little robot. It's their way to, I don't know, I think it's an experiment. I mean, I think, it, I mean, I think we all know it's an experiment, really, at the end of the day. So, uh, I yeah. Loved the, I love the uh, video about intruders. So they had this thing where they, they showed a video of um, someone that breaks into your home and this astro thing rolls up to them and says, get out of my house, get out, in various accents. And um, that would be just hilarious. Can you imagine? I mean, what what are you going to do? You're going to boot this thing against the wall until it smashes into a thousand pieces, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Probably one baseball bat hit and it's done. (laughs) Throw a a blanket over it. You you don't have to hurt it. He's so cute. You wouldn't do that to a pet, right? No, that's true. But no, it's certainly not with a pet. Speaking of pets, apparently it's pet aware now as well. So I, I thought it was oh, pet aware previously. But that, there you go. So that means it's not going to drive over the poop. I get it's it. Not it makes sense. The, well, it didn't say poop aware. It said pet oh, aware. Pet aware. Poop aware. You know what I can talk year. about? You know what I could talk about finally that I forgot that I could talk about, but I just realized this now. Um, I could talk about the new products that Logitech la- released Ooh, just a couple days ago. Please do. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about what was there before because you know the the MX keys mechanical. Um, I've got it right in front of me here. Clickiness, exactly. Loving that it. came out uh, a while back. It was announced back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Was it back? No, sorry. Back, uh, that was no mechanical. We had. A while back. MX Keys for Mac we had uh, a while back. Then the Mechanical came out. So now they've launched a couple new products. So first they have the Logitech K380 multi-device Bluetooth keyboard called Blueberry. That's like also the color of it. It's like this kind of, it's it's like little round kind of clicky keys, but it's meant to be portable. Really, really fun device. Only $40 available at Logitech.com. It's got like a laptop style typing, uh, minimalist layout. It's multi-device, so it works well with three devices if you want to work it that way. Extremely light. It's got that space-saving keyboard with the round keys, so it is a little bit tighter, but it's really fun. They announced the Logitech Lift Vertical Ergonomic Mouse for Mac. This is a really nice white mouse that has that handshake design. So your hand is actually in a very natural position. So you've got the scroll wheel and everything, but it's a little bit tilted so that you've got a real comfort for all day use, which is really neat. It's a 57 degree angle. If I look at the details here, Uh, $69.99, Logitech.com. Of course, you can get that everywhere. Um, They announced the Logitech MX Master 3S for Mac. Now, I'm using the Master 3 that I'm holding up to the camera so you guys in the radio can hear it. Uh, (laughs) 
This has always been a really fun mouse because it's it's got some programmable buttons that you can really you play with. Well, the new Mac, the 3S version, works on glass now, so mm. you can actually track it on glass tables. Uh, it's got pretty much a similar design, look and feel, but available in white for ninety nine dollars. Can I tell you, cool. I got one of those from Amazon. I don't know when it was, a couple of years back. Me too. I bought mine. I bought mine a while back. And when I got it, I realized very quickly. Um, because I'm going to ask you a question, right? I'm, I'm, going to, here, here, I'm going to put it out to you. When you got yours, did you get any chicken with it? Um, like the, the, the food? Mm-hmm. Mm, Stephen? <laughs> I think he's finally lost it, guys. This is the moment in time. <laughs> Write this time down. Saturday, October 1st. This was roughly, it. roughly around 12, 20 <laughs> p.m. Eastern. Stephen Scott officially, officially lost it. Lost yes. his mind. Why did you get, did you get chicken with your mouse? I got chicken in the box. And I realized because the chicken, well, the, the mouse was covered in grease. I realized that this had been returned. And I got. They obviously don't check when they get it back, or if they they, they do, they certainly did not check very well. But they oh, just wow. obviously stuck a label on it and sent it back out. And I got it. I got a mouse with chicken. Did you return it? And the chicken, yes. And the chicken. I didn't keep the chicken. Um, <laughs> okay. But I put the whole thing back in the box and sent it back. Logitech MX more Mechanical Minis. Logitech MX Mechanical Mini for Mac. Clearly, I got to take things over here, guys, because Steven's officially lost it. $149.99. It's a, it's a mechanical keyboard in a mini form factor, so you don't have that full kind of layout, but it's a, it's a portable if you want to call it portable. It's a pretty heavy device, though. Um, available which in space that? gray. Which, which one's uh, that it's again? the MX Mechanical Mini for Mac. Oh, right. I thought we had that already. Do we not have no, a mini no, version brand of new, that? brand new, just a couple of days ago. Mm, okay. Um, again, you could you can charge it. Uh, you can uh, simultaneously charge a keyboard with USB C to C cable while working on it, so it'll actually work as a connection. Oh, that's good. It's got smart backlighting as your hands approach it. It adjusts to your ambient lighting conditions. Available in pale gray, space gray, uh, tactile, quiet, low profile switches. Um, really, really cool, cool keyboard. So a lot of fun announcements from uh from logitech this week and we're going to get our hands on because they sent me a package a while back and i've been waiting to open it well i can't wait i I love keyboards as you know i I could talk about keyboard day and night you're like to keyboards like i am with my with the headphones yeah that's right that's right yeah i have to say though i think so the other the other day we were talking on the show of course we did our double tap tv show all about keyboards and um matthias the, the keyboard company Yes, they, they liked the tweet. Yes, I saw that. I was so excited. Well, so you know, I it's nice of them to pay attention. I followed them, and I'm waiting to see if they'll follow me back. Because then Why I'm going to ask follow them for keyboards. Because I want keyboard. I want more keyboards to play with. Come on, send me a keyboard. Did they not send you that directly? You bought they, that? No, I bought that keyboard. I buy all my keyboards. It's ridiculous. Oh, you see, I understand. You see, guys, we're just like you. We have to go out and buy this stuff. Yeah, no one's sending us stuff to play with. I, I mean, I, I have to hope. I have to hope that I get chicken in my Amazon parcels uh, so that I can eat. Well, now you know that if you want chicken, order a mouse. Get a mouse. Uh, I think this makes complete sense, Stephen. Total complete sense. sense. Uh, listen, stay there. We're going to talk more. Uh, I want to talk about Apple and Stage Manager and iPads. It's a story I don't quite understand, but I think it's good news. Stick around. We'll talk about that next on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. 
This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. It's a show that marries mice and chicken. Um, yeah, there you go. If you've just, just arrived with us and you're wondering, what is that all about? Uh, rewind. You, you've got to rewind. <laughs> Absolutely. Be kind. Rewind. Oh, Lord. Um, Okay, so let's talk about Apple and Stage Manager quickly, if we can, because uh, okay. I don't get this story, right? So Stage Manager, is that's not available yet, is it? No, so what happened was is that iOS 16 was released on the iPhone, um, and it was held back uh, for iPad OS 16 because they needed more time with some stuff. A lot of people were complaining about the way Stage Manager was working. This is a new feature that stacks groups of apps together on the left side of the screen, whether it's the iPad or on the Mac. We're also waiting for the new version of Mac OS, whatever it's called these days, I don't even remember. Um, so we've finally seen um, iPad OS version 16.1 beta 3 was released to developers. And we're now seeing that a lot of the complaints that people have been issuing about it not being compatible with older generation uh, iPads, iPads specifically that did not have the M1 chip. Well, Apple is now going to be opening it to other generation iPads. Not 100% sure how far back. It says 2018 and 2020 models that use the A12X and A12Z chips. Anyhow, it's coming. We're not sure when this is going to be released. I suspect this is probably going to be in time for some some iPad refreshing. Mm. Same thing for Mac OS. I think we're going to see that in time for some Mac refreshing. There is a speculation that there will not be a big hype and media event around this stuff. And that it may just be some press release announcements because there's nothing really major in the tool shed coming up. That being said, we still have yet to see the Mac Pro adopt Apple's own silicon processors. Mm -hmm. So that is something the company had promised and said that by the end of this calendar year, we'd be done with Intel. So we're not there yet, but that has got to be approaching. And that's surely going to be an event for Mac Pro at least. Oh, I would hope so. I would hope so. If not, if it's not an event, it's going to be some kind of private venue, something. I, I really, I don't know. There's got to be something that they're going to do to talk about this because people are, are obviously want to know. Look, we'll get to some of the rumors in a minute um, about what might be potentially happening this month. We'll see. Um, we know, for example, there's a Google event coming, you know, boring, but there we go. So that's fine. But what I, I do want to mention is with Apple Stage Manager, um, because this is the bit I don't quite understand. It says that uh, external display support is being removed. What does that mean? What what was that about? Um, that's a really good question. And as I slowly try and read the answer to this, no, honestly, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know that Stage Manager was going to work on external displays with the M1 processor iPads. However, also uh, Stage Manager support, perhaps not. Not, yeah, so here's what, it says. Like, says, what are they taking away the ability to plug in a monitor to an iPad? But well, here's what they're saying. They're saying iPad Pro models from 2018 and newer will be available, able to take advantage of Stage Manager. However, they will not work with an external display. In addition, Apple is also removing external display support for Stage Manager, Stage Manager. on M1 iPads. So I don't. I mean, I don't know why. I think this was something that was pretty big in terms of kind of bridging the gap between iPad and computer. So let's see how this rolls out. Let's see what actually comes out, because all the speculation really is just speculation. So I'm not 100% sure that we're going to see a lot of the stuff people are speculating now come out. But it does, or not feed, in. It does feed in, though, to that narrative that you and I have talked about many times on this show, on this program, on Double Tap TV. We've talked about the fact that the iPad 
it's not a laptop replacement yet. It's not a MacBook replacement. It's, no. it's got a long way to go. I think, listen, everybody has an opinion as to what the iPad can do in their lives. It, for me, is a, a media consumption device when mm. I travel. I don't even touch it on a day-to-day basis other than an old iPad Pro here that operates as my mixer, um, just the front interface, and I use it for sound effects and stuff like that. But that's so specialized. Like, I'm not using it for emails. I'm not using it. I just, my phone is there. Like, why would I do it in two different places? So when I travel, yeah, I throw Netflix on there. I download some, you know, stuff for offline, and and I'll watch stuff on the iPad because it's a bit bigger of a screen. Uh, And maybe it's a bit better of a companion for me now because I don't have the, the Pro Max. I only have the Pro. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's just not there yet, and it should be there because it really has the power to do that and the power to be pretty damn close to a MacBook Air. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it's intentional. I wonder if it's intentional that it's just not. They don't want it to replace the MacBook Air because the MacBook Air has this this market. That being said, the new entry level MacBook Airs, the price points aren't as low as they used to be. So maybe there is a hole in the market for an iPad Pro, an iPad Ultra, an iPad something that finally has some of those features. More categories. I, honestly, it just gets so confusing. Um, okay, let's talk. I, I want to mention some of the potential products we may see this month from Apple. Because if we're, I mean, if we're going to see the Pro, that would be great. It does certainly sound like a Pro is coming, a Mac Pro that is. Yep. Um, but I think we're likely to see the MacBook 1416 get an upgrade to M2. We'll see that processor appear in those. That doesn't seem to be in doubt. But do you think it's going to be an M2? I guess it'll have to be an M- M2 Pro mm. and M2, M2 Max. Max. Yep. Right? Definitely. And and then what do we have? The one, the the Mac Studio had the Ultra and the... God, I'm so I'm so lost when it comes to these processors. <laughs> There's so many. This um, is uh, just just bigger versions because it's, it's like they just seem to group these processors together and then just make bigger processors. Just, just like hundred in well, there. Remember when they did the Mac Studio, right? The Mac Studio, you had the option between uh, a bunch of different new processors and the new processors um, with M1 Max, okay, mm-hmm. and the M1 Ultra. So the M1 Max was the 10 cores, 32 you know core GPU, 64 gigs of memory, blah blah blah, blah. and then the M1 Ultra just had two of those. <laughs> it's just, just two. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I I see a lot of rumors about the Mac Mini getting an update, and I have to say I I'm, ah. I love my Mac Mini, I really do. Um, and it does the job. I'm still, I mean, I keep going on about this, but I'm still using my base level Mac Mini for most of my tasks. And it's fine. I mean, it does the and job. And that's the Mac really Mini well. with M1, right? Yeah, that's right. So Mac Mini, the very first one that came out, the base level, um, 8 gig RAM, 512 gig SSD. Well, okay, it's not the base level, and it was the one up because it had the, the 512 gig SSD, not the 256 gig SSD. But a really good machine. And, you know, if it goes to M2, which it will, and possibly this month, then I think that could be that could be quite useful because I wonder if I need the Mac Studio for the kind of work I'm doing. I mean, yeah, I do a bit of video editing. I know, you know what? It's not a huge I, amount. It's not like what you do. I have this debate with myself all the time, and you know, even for me, Stephen, you know, I do. You know, my the biggest thing I might do, the most important thing I might do is produce our TV show. So that's a 22 minute episode. We film it in 4K. Um, we've got you know graphical elements, guests, and stuff like that. And, you know, over the summer, I realized that on a MacBook Air, the M2 MacBook Air, I could get my work done. No problem. Yeah. No lag, no issue, no, no, no bottlenecks like I have on my Intel uh, MacBook <laughs> Pro. Or the Mac and, Pro. 
yeah, so do I need a MacBook Pro? Do I need a MacBook Air? Like, what is my next portable computer? And I'm not, I'm just, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's a MacBook Air and an iPad, you know, an iPad Pro. Mm. Maybe I hang on to those two and those kind of get me through my day. I really, I'm not sure. I mean, I mentioned to you before about the, the Luna display that I bought, which again, if you want to, I know you sometimes like to use the, the second display. Um, that's a great way to do it because you've got a 13 inch display there that you can plug this little device into your USB socket. Well, actually, I say USB-C, it's not. It has to be a Thunderbolt um, socket for the Luna display to work because it has to be able yeah. to carry the video. Um, but, you know, that is a great little device that just allows you to, you know, to get really high-quality connection. You can use Sidecar as well, which is kind of built in, which doesn't, which does similar, actually, if not exactly the same in some ways. But... I don't know what the differences are. Maybe it's just that Luna Display was out beforehand. I don't know. But you know what? You know what it was sent to me. ViewSonic sent me this this monitor. It's a portable monitor. It's a 15 inch portable series ViewSonic. Um, it's completely powered by USB C or a power supply if you want to use it. It's got a headphone jack. It's got two Type C ports. It's got HDMI input. It's got speakers built in. Um, a little toggle on the back. A nice little kind of material protector on the front it's meant to be that second display while you're traveling it's got a kickstand on it so literally with one USB-C cable and, and a Mac I can pop this in and suddenly I have double the workspace and it's touchscreen by the way uh, there's oh, versions wow. with touchscreen and without touchscreen so yeah sure if you're, if you're traveling with an iPad and a computer you could use sidecar and do it that way if you want to but this is just a nice way to have a dedicated display that's inexpensive under $300 You no battery in this so you can stick it in your suitcase that goes underneath the plane you don't have to worry about carrying the weight around with you. It's definitely something to look at if you travel a lot and you want that extra real estate. This is a great solution just to have this. Or let's say you just work off your laptop. I know a lot of people just work off their laptop, you know, and don't have an external display. This is a great way to add a second monitor if you know you're not using a big footprint. It's, you know, there's so many options out there today. And if you go on Amazon, you can find a second, like a 15 inch monitor, full HD for under 160 bucks. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It really is. Uh, you know, I love when you get parcels in the post because I always think, well, there we go. That's another 12 shows we can cover. Um, so that's easy. Uh, it's kind of like when you shop. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly that, yeah. You get it sent, I've got to pay for it. It's ridiculous, but there we go. Uh, tell me about Huawei because they've sent you something. Are you allowed oh, to talk about wow. that? Oh, wow. Let me find this. Yeah, you've so got to Huawei, tell us about this. Uh, now, now I had a conversation with their, the head of Huawei Canada, their president and their director of marketing. We talked all about their monitors, their computers, some of the smartphones that are available out there. And on the desk, they had um, one of their folding displays. It was the Mate X2, I think it is. Not available in Canada, not available in North America. OK, but of course, being Huawei, they had one. They were playing with it. I'm like uh, and, and they had we had a good time during the interview. We we're talking a lot and they realized that I you know know a lot about their company and I'm passionate about their stuff and I've used their laptops before. So uh, they were impressed and they, they said, hey, Mark, let us know anything you want to review. I'm like, well, I really want to try out your smartwatch because that's a pretty cool smartwatch. I want to try that out with your phones. I said, but uh, jokingly, I said that that made X would be fun for me to play with. Ha 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 ha. Next thing I know, my doorbell rings. And there's a package from Huawei, and uh, it's their Mate X folding phone. And this is a, a different than the Samsung design of a folding phone. Um, the Samsung's phones fold uh, outwards, so like a, like it fans out from the middle, and the screens are on the inside. Yes, there's a screen on the back of the front, so you can still use it as a single phone. 
This one has a screen on the front, so you can hold it like a phone. It looks like, you know, any smartphone these days with a you know, camera cutout and everything with your buttons. But the, the display wraps around the left side and you push a little release button on the back and the screen folds out towards you. So the back folds into the front and you've got this almost perfect square that you can work with and, and just consume media and, and compose emails. And and it's really, really cool. And the camera bump on this on the right side is just built into the right side. So when the screen folds around the back, it doesn't fold around the whole back. It folds around about, you know, let's say three quarters of it. And the last quarter is this little strip that you can also hold on to, which so it's a good way to just kind of hold the device in your hand that has three cameras on it, the flash on it. The buttons are on the side there. So they get really, really thin Really, really nice device, beautiful screen. You hardly notice the fold in the display, and it's really, really fun. Challenge is that you don't get the you don't get the um, a real Android operating system because there's a lot of issues between Android mm, and, yeah. and Huawei and, and what whatnot. So you have to sideload apps if you want to get those on. There are ways to do it, but you know, really cool device. And funny enough, I hadn't really had much time with folding devices other than the Surface Duo 2 and the Surface Duo, which I really I really love. Um, but those are still pretty big when you fold them. This one is just, I mean, it feels like an iPhone or a Samsung phone when it's folded, and you just kind of pop it open and just you're, you're, you're laughing. This gives me hope in foldable phones. This, this makes me feel like, you know what? This might be the right approach. This might be the way to do it in terms of the screen size, keeping something thin and light and comfortable, throwing it in your hands. Do you need two, one physical display that folds? I don't know. Maybe you can do it in two screens, but the form factor really is a good proof of concept here, at least. Well, you know, you said earlier that you don't need an iPad. You certainly don't use one. And this gives you that capability, right? This just makes yeah. that possible for you to have a phone, but also an iPad or an iPad equivalent in your hands all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, yeah. especially for that media consumption side of things. The only thing I always wonder about these Fold devices is, what's it like watching something on the Netflix on there? Because isn't it all 16 by 9, so it's all a bit squashed? Yeah, so you know? letter, so letterboxes Letterboxed, it. Yeah. yeah. i got to charge this thing and see how i got to play with it a bit more, put a SIM card in. Unfortunately, uh, low battery, Stephen, low battery. Oh, dear. Oh, well, <laughs> nothing new there. I I, um, I have a wireless charger for my Google Pixel behind me, and I've realized that it's one of those flat chargers, and trying to get the position right so that this oh. thing will charge, oh, this Proof of concept for MagSafe. That's why MagSafe exists. Sorry, I'm exactly. looking for a charger. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, with Google, Google should get MagSafe in there or some equivalent, because honestly, I, I couldn't go, I mean, I just love MagSafe for that very reason. Um. I will say, you know, we're talking uh, earlier, kind of jokingly, about the, the holiday gift guide, which we're kind of starting to put together now for, for the holiday season as we get close. I have some contenders already, Mark, and I want to throw some ideas at you, all right? Sure, let's so do it. Let's, let's do this one first. Now, this, have you ever sat in your office there? And I know you've got an air-conditioned office, and thankfully now so do I. But for those poor people out there who do not have air-conditioned homes or, you know, sit in an office, maybe someone doesn't like the air conditioning. I've been in those offices where, you know, there's always somebody who doesn't like the air conditioning and must turn it off. Well, what do you do? How do you keep cool in a situation like that? I've got the Are you going to show me your neck fan? It's my neck fan. This is the, <laughs> I knew it. the coolest I knew it. thing in the world. So, you know what's cool about this? It's got what's called anti-tangle technology. Explain. 
It means there's no holes in it, right? So there's no holes anywhere in it. So, it, I mean, apart from the bit to get the air out, obviously, but the air goes out. So, you know, it's not like it's nothing spinning inside. Nothing's going to grab hold of your hair if you've got long hair. So you can have this very simply around your neck. You press a button. If And actually, the same problem you've got, it's not charged up. Um, I can't even wear this probably because <laughs> these headphones. But <laughs> I think it's caught in my headphones. But yeah, so... This is this is brilliant. This is absolutely this is the the future of keeping cool in the new world. Or you know, when the world's on fire, you'll want one of these. I promise you. I listen. I like it. I think it's great. How long does the battery last? When it does last? Uh, I got about two or three days out of it, which wasn't too bad. Oh, that's it charges up with USB C as well, so it's always handy. I like that. That you know, why not? I mean, my iPhone doesn't have USB C in it, but this portable neck fan does. So these people are forward thinking. Yeah, I listen, I think it's a it's a good gift. I I'm going to be honest, the one of the other gifts that I would recommend to people is the one behind you and I know it's going to be out of date shortly, but that Google Pixel 6a mm. is one heck of a phone. That's a fun device to play with. And I don't know, you haven't had a chance to play with the Pixel Buds yet either, have you? No, 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 they didn't send me those, but they they did send me the Google Pixel 6a. I've got to tell you, I don't know what is planned for the Pixel 7, but I don't think it matters because I think for most people, this phone is more than enough. It's a gorgeous device. It feels premium. It does not feel like a budget device at all. And yeah, I'm sure the other one will be good. I love the camera bump at the back as well because you can have it lie on the desk. I think you were talking about this. You can have it lying on the desk and it's not wobbling about because that bar goes right across the back of the phone. So it's all included in that. So really nice just phone to lie down. It feels good in the hand. It's a solid device. Top back is just incredible on it. Um, I'm really impressed by it, actually. And, you know, it's funny because I've used accessibility features on a lot of the Samsung phones I've been trying. And it's Samsung I've tended to go to. And a lot of people have said to me, why are you bothering with Samsung? Because honestly, yeah, they're great phones, great designs, but it's like just, it's like the show-off version, you know? Google's kind of where it's at. And um, I agree. I think actually, you know, there was a time when the earlier Pixel versions, like the 3A and the 4A, were not particularly brilliant phones. They didn't feel great. They've got it right with the 6A. So, yeah, I don't know what the 7's got coming. I'm, and I am excited about the Pixel Watch. I am looking forward to that this month. I'll be intrigued to see what they do with it. I mean, it has to be oh, it has to be better than my previous experiences with that Samsung Watch. So, fingers crossed. I must uh, I must thank our audience out there for getting involved because I put the call out a couple of weeks ago saying that we're working on an Ask Us Anything episode for the end of the year. And it's an opportunity for you guys at home to really ask us anything. Ask us about a product. And if it's something we don't have the answer to, we'll go out and we'll find someone who has the answer to it. You know, we'll get some experts involved. Maybe who knows who will get on to answer some of your questions. So um, thank you for doing that. Email that stuff to feedback at doubletaponair.com. It could be a video. It could be an audio. It could just be a written question. We're going to try and get to as many as we can. We normally do like a rapid fire round towards the end when the, the clock is ticking. We should actually see. See how many that should be. You know what? Let's do this. We're going to put a clock on the show. So our shows are 22 minutes. We're going to put a countdown to see how many different people we can respond to in a period of 22 minutes without harming any of the quality. Right. We're going to make sure that we we uh, don't harm the quality. Yeah, of the we, we don't want to do that. So. Yeah. No, no, no. Of course not. Uh, so let's try and do that. But so many, so many emails. My God, just yesterday alone, one, two, three, four, seven different emails and one here. Um, you know, I don't know if you talked about this, but the the blowout the blind griller, like that's a perfect mm. example. I'm gonna get the guys from Weber on 
the grill masters from Weber to come answer this question for us. I mean, so many cool things like that. So keep that coming. We're definitely going to get to this stuff. You probably see yourself on TV towards the holidays. So feedback at double tap on air.com. Thank you guys. Did you see the email from Dean? We read out on Thursday, uh, Dean from New Zealand who wrote in suggesting that we should get rid of Sean Priest. I did not see that. Oh, Dean Charlton. Yeah. Uh Oh, I'm going to have to read that one. Dean from New Zealand. Oof. Yeah. So it's when's Sean done? When's his last day? I think he I think he um spoke on air. And I think that's the big I I've realized before that's one of his downsides. Um so yeah, unfortunately, I'm afraid that's it. So it was fun having him. Robin's going to take over. Robin Christopherson was very kind to say he'll happily take over uh, as of uh, Monday. So there you go. Problem solved. Okay. Well, well, I well mean, we, you, know, you write I wish, in. I wish uh, him all the best. Well, listen, we, we, we take your feedback seriously here at Double Tap. We really do. And we have it too seriously, I think, at times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? I will say, uh, you know, uh, despite the comments from Dean, um, Sean did graciously answer his questions. So, you know, okay. the bigger man, absolutely. Um, oh, I want to mention oh, there's so many products I want to talk about. There is one other product I wanted to put forward. We have more time? Oh, no. We do. <laughs> so, um, do you... Uh, I'm going to try and paint a picture for you here. Do you like Domino's? Pizza? The, the old or the game rectangle thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I like them both equally. I mean, pepperoni preferably, but not on little squares. Okay. Um, well, I, I like Domino's. That. I like them when people go crazy with them and and make these elaborate, yeah. elaborate things. Yeah. Okay, I see oh, where you're going okay. here. Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, do you like trains? Y- yes. Choo-choo, like that kind yeah, of train. Yeah, trains, I, yeah. I like trains, yeah. Can you imagine They're a world? Tra- where are you going with this, yes? Can you imagine a world where we marry Domino's and trains together? In a world where Domino's and trains collide. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this toy that's doing the rounds and it's called the Domino Train. And that's exactly what it is. It goes around and it basically just drops the little dominoes out in a row so that you can push one and then they'll all just fall back. That is absolutely brilliant. Isn't it? Because, you know, part of the challenge of, of lining those dominoes up so you can do things with them is is not knocking them over in the process and ruining everything you've done. And when you've when you've laid down a couple hundred thousand of them, um, <laughs> one little mistake, yep. and you could set that whole thing ablaze, and you just ruined a life's worth of work. So a train that lays them down, can you control the train? Is there like a remote for it so you can I drop I didn't get into that much detail, sadly. Um, add I, blueprints. I, <laughs> blueprints. <laughs> Get an echo skill going. Um, maybe some AI run a, a city at the same time. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Have um, you ever I, seen those ones where like a Domino's goes down, like seventeen of them go. Yep. It hits a ball. The ball falls down a track. The track goes left. It hits a spoon. The spoon hits the elastic. The elastic releases the next set of Dominoes, and you know, it's Eventually amazing. Some of the tree gets lit. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's amazing some of the stuff that they do with these. But yeah, this is a kid's wow. toy thing, but actually sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know if it kind of works on a little route or whether you, you know, maybe control it in some way. But yeah, the Domino Train. I think that is going to be the toy of the year for adults, not for kids, for adults. We're going to want that. 
I I am I'm super excited um about the Domino Train. I I want to know where I can get that. I'm trying to see it right now. He's off to find the Domino Train. I, I spot it. Now, do you know this is the point I realised that I've been had on Facebook by an advert that doesn't you know for something that doesn't exist. But I, I look, I'm convinced I saw. It. I didn't dream it. But yeah, this this stuff. And if it's not if if this isn't real, then we've just come up. Well, I've just come up with the greatest product in history. I, I think so. If it wasn't real and you made that up, that's quite impressive. <laughs> Although I I have my next gift uh, that you're going to have to buy me now. Okay. That is the new the Sony train. FX30 camera. Oh, really? It yeah. is a cinema camera with a 6K sensor. <laughs> do they do it on finance? Oh, my, it's not expensive. It's cheaper than the FX3. Oh, well, US. Two. I don't know what it is Canadian, but uh, FX30 Canada. Oh, my Lord. How do we go from how do we go from a neck fan to a train that delivers dominoes, not the pizza, to a camera that costs how much? Um doesn't say in Canada, unfortunately, but seventeen ninety nine US. Actually <sighs> isn't a lot. Do you know honestly that's not as much as I thought you were gonna have to it sounded like something that was gonna cost about sixty thousand dollars. No, it's intentionally it's intentionally priced better, which mm. means that I'm gonna have to buy it. Sorry. <laughs> Well, obviously. Well, that makes perfect sense. I'll have one too if the, you're asking. There goes Sean for good. Yeah, but just get rid of him. That's fine. We don't. We, can, I we, can, can we, we can spare Robin this. as well? Maybe just because it's expensive. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe he'll do it for nothing. In which case, we're fine. There you go. Problem solved. Um, oh wow. We are back on Monday, and uh, I'm wondering what have we got on TV next week because uh, honestly, I lose track all the time. And uh, Stephen, 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 what is the date next week? It's the first week of October. Yeah. So it, uh, to me, it sounds like we are going to be talking about um, something that is not listed here on my spreadsheet. No, I have it here. It's in my done category. Thankfully, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, apps to help you read on your computer. Well, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Because we're talking about two specific apps. Um that can help you read Speech Central and Voice Dream, which is a suite of apps that you can get on your smartphone. And actually what's been cool, Winston Chen over at Voice Dream created this whole suite, but he's now created specific Mac versions as well. And they're all available on a subscription model. That has caused a little bit of controversy. And we're going to talk a little bit about that more here on Double Tap next week. Thank you for reminding me. Um, So we'll look forward to hearing from Winston Chen on that particular point about subscription models, because a lot of people are going down this route of making their services subscription. But when when it's such a niche category like this, like, you know, visual impairment and yeah. accessibility, is that the right thing to do? And then at the same time, how does Winston eat and continue to eat? Once everyone's bought the app, then what? Right? Everyone wants yeah. the updates. We all want our, we all want these things to work all the time. We've got to pay for it. So it's an interesting conversation. It's a debate we're going to have on uh, the show next week. Um Thank you for being here this week, as always. It's my pleasure. Um, they pay me to do it, so I don't really have a choice. <laughs> thank you for um. thank you for being paid to come here. It was it was wonderful experiencing. I don't think it qualifies your... as being paid. Sometimes you know, just you just uh, yeah, don't a little bit too much fun. Yeah, don't tell me about it. Uh, but we are back on Monday, and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, Mark. And uh, remember, keep in touch with us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. and you can also find us uh, across social media. You can find us at Double Tap on air. Uh, also, just a reminder, you can call us and leave us a voicemail. Lots of you are doing that. one 803 4567 is our number. 
If you're in the UK, a number of our UK listeners still like to call in, uh, then you can do that. Do they? O2- yes, they do. 0204 571 3354 is the number to get in touch with us if you're in the UK. But if you're in the US and Canada, it's 1877 803 4567. We'll catch you again for another Double Tap on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.